The border crisis is getting worse, and so is big tech censorship. Hi, this is Sarah Carter. On The Sarah Carter Show, I dig deep into these huge challenges that directly threaten our national security and our freedom of speech. Please join me. Subscribe to The Sarah Carter Show at Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Old routines die hard, like those multiple cups of coffee and sugary energy drinks to stay alert. Well, I discovered a healthier way to get the sustained energy I need without all the caffeine and sugar. Super Beats Heart Chews. I just unwrap a chew or two in the morning and let Super Beats Heart Chews do the rest. I feel great about what I'm doing for my health. Join me in the new way to start your day with Super Beats Heart Chews. I challenge you to try it for 30 days and give them your feedback. No more afternoon coffees, energy drinks, and candy for a quick pick-me-up. I've been taking Super Beats Heart Chews for years, and it's an easy and convenient on-the-go boost to your overall health and energy. Make Super Beats Chews an essential part of your busy day. To make it easy to get started, I got you up to 45% off plus free shipping at danasbeats.com. Hurry, it's their best offer available anywhere. That's danasbeats.com for up to 45% off. danasbeats.com. My views on Khashoggi have made been absolutely, positively clear. Um, and I have never been quiet about talking about human rights. The question that I'm, the reason I'm going to Saudi Arabia, though, is much broader, is to promote U.S. interest, promote U.S. interest in a way that uh, I think we have an opportunity to uh, reassert what I think we've made a mistake of walking away from, our influence in the Middle East. Well, that's so that's how he's going to spend it. We're spin it. We're walking away from our influence in the Middle East. And of course, he's talking about the situation with Iran. And there was a lot of discussion as to a lot of uh, apparently a, a huge push to try to convince uh, Israel of this, his desire, apparently, to reenter such and make them OK with it. There's a lot of stuff going on. And then, of course, going to be heading to Saudi Arabia. Uh, welcome to the program. Happy Thursday to you. Dana Lash here with you. The nationally syndicated radio program. And the we got that. It's a kind of a weird news day because the president's traveling. Congress is back in session. Um, and the election is starting to get starting to heat up. And it's going to get crazier as we roll into we're into toward, I mean, August towards late summer as well. So we're going to we're going to cover all of that. All right. First thing first, though, on the heels of the horrific inflation numbers, I don't know how many damn days can we talk about how bad the inflation is. We get it. It's bad. What are you going to do about it? I'm so tired of this. I can't. I, I'm so tired of it. What are you going to do about it? All these all these media outlets that are that are covering this. That's great. What are we doing about it, though? At some point, you know, people are going to get upset over this, or well, more upset, and they're going to ask you, "What are you? What are you doing? And what is the media doing in terms of asking questions and pushing these lawmakers to not just like give these, you know, bottled up, you know, focus grouped answers, but actually, you know, just to 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 really lay out a plan here? So far, it seems like all they're interested in doing is kind of defending Biden a little bit. They have to defend Biden on inflation because they have to defend all of 
basically all Democrats on inflation. I mean, really, that's the thing, because this these numbers are this is going to just cripple them down ticket. That's why you have 18 percent who think that he should run again, period. And I know we mentioned this yesterday, but it's really important to note, you know, the distinction is the difference here. The whole point that that study that came out or that survey that came out, the 92 percent, that's only if he was the guy, he was the candidate and Trump was the Republican nominee. But when it comes time to select, you know, a different candidate, nobody wants him. That's why he's only he only has 18 percent. It's just bad. One thing that I was looking at, too, and I saw this. This is kind of this is really wild. I saw this from The Hill this morning. This is one of the pieces that I read this morning, and it was kind of shocking. It says GOP sees chance to steal Hispanic voters from Democrats. And I thought, okay, well, steal. Do Democrats think that they own them? You're owned, Kane. Well, half of you, anyway. You know that, right? Your property of the DNC, that one half of you. Which cheek do they get? I should ask. Be more specific. This is a wild. Talking about my face, right? Yeah, of course okay, I am. Just making sure. But, like, how wild is that? Well, they're stealing. That's how they look at people. They look at them as commodities. They don't look at these people as voters that they have to convince with superior. And that's anybody. Any person, Period. They don't look at them as as voters that they should try to persuade with better policies. They've spent so long cultivating this identity politic, which is racism. Let's just be real. Identity politics is just racism. They've spent so long really curating this racist way of going out and dividing voters because that's their outreach that now... They don't even know how to they don't even know how to talk about people other than just like these little commodity subsects. It's really that's that headline was so wild to me. And on the heels of everyone's a breakfast taco, you know, Spanx or breakfast taco that just man. And you wonder why the approval is as bad as it is. You wonder why the approval is bad as is absolutely bad as it is. Now, I have some other headlines, too, we're going to get into, including some of the latest on that 10-year-old, and what the Ohio AG is going to be doing. Uh, Because apparently they've said they're going to, they're investigating. Nobody apparently heard anything about this up until. It's very interesting how the story came out. And we're also going to talk about some of the reaction. I also think it's important to mention, too, that today is the anniversary of the French Revolution. Now, people are like, well, who cares? We're in the U.S. No one cares about the French Revolution. Well, you should, because there are some things that you can learn from it about how to deal with the garbage today. I mean, that's really it. It's in, I think it's very important to remember. It was on this day back in 1789. And there, it's very interesting to realize how reserved the founding fathers were when they were when they would watch when they would look at everything going on in France this is when you had all of these revolutionaries back in 1789 they went and they stormed the Bastille the armory in Paris in the political prison and it was 
it was interesting because Washington had just been, what was it, his second term, I think he was in office. I was reading about this last night in preparation for today because I'm fascinated by the differences. And this is one of the things that Alexis de Tocqueville had also noted. Like, why, is the, why did the American Revolution end up with such a different outcome than the French Revolution? Because after the French Revolution, they went back to a monarchy and Napoleon came in. That's, the, that's who stopped it. And Washington made a very astute decision to prohibit the very young American Republic to aid French radicals when they were fighting in the British. And he was looking at it, you know, as another, he was saying, well, we just finished a, a thing with Britain. And uh, he was very practical about it where we don't, we don't have the, the resources that we need to do this all over again. And I think that it would have been such a stain on our young republic's history to have participated in that because of everything that happened in the French Revolution. You know, it was one thing that Edmund Burke had noted that in their attempt to remake France into this, you know, egalitarian utopia, they destroyed everything that made them French. They destroyed themselves. They tore everything down. Where does that, where else have you seen this play out? Not just loosely. Where else have you seen this play out? When you look at the Cultural Revolution in China, Mao's attempt, the communist attempt to remake their society, and they destroyed everything about themselves. The Great Famine, everything that happened after the murder of millions. Everywhere you've seen this happen time and time again, it is the exact same result. The only difference was America. And July is a very introspective month for our republic because we have July 4th, Independence Day. And we sort of, I don't know, or at least I do, I kind of think about this stuff. That was the only, really the only place, that's one of the things that makes America so unbelievably unique. And this is why you should care about the French Revolution. Because this was the only place where we did not have that same result. Now, granted, there were some very legitimate claims from the revolutionaries back in the day. I read this whole piece last week. Uh, it's a website that I, that I read. It's called Tasting Table. And it was the significant role bread played in the French Revolution. Of course, it was something I read at like 10 o'clock at night. I was getting ready to go to bed. The French, though, the revolutionaries... They helped us like way back in the day when we were getting started in establishing ourselves in our very new republic. They aided us in doing that. And we were very careful. And you could say it was because of faith. You could say it was because of education. I like to think it was because of all these things. I like to think it was because the founders were very well, they were, they were amazing students of history. And they had studied what happened in, uh, with the Greek Republic and in Rome, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. But the French did aid us when, when our revolutionaries stood up because it was, it was more than just a revolution of economics and it was more than just a revolution of rule. It was also a moral revolution and the French helped us. Here we had taxation without representation. We were being unfairly taxed and we were being treated like a, the, whole, the so-called phrase a redheaded stepchild. And we had realized that we had also 
inherited a few really great things from Britain, but we also realized that there were some bad things that were happening. We kept the best and expanded it. A friend of mine had said, a regrettable mistake the French revolutionaries made was reading John Locke without an Edmund Burke chaser. Because they decided to so destroy who they were that they ended up also destroying the good things along with it. What happens when you have these societies that have this massive resistance? They tear down all of their institutions that make them so uniquely them. And in the United States, we stopped short of that. I think that's extraordinary. And it deserves greater examination. So that's, yes, that's one of the reasons why you should care. When you look at what happened in China, when you look at, when you look at what happened uh, in Russia, anywhere there has been some kind of revolution like this, I think that, that it's, it's, it's incredibly telling about who we are as America and Americans. And so when you look back at, to what, at what the United States did, we were very careful in our moves. We, didn't, we went after particular ships. We went after the ships that, that had been given special accommodations by the crown. They didn't have to pay taxes like other ships did. It was cronyism. We went after cronyism. We did not do anything but focus on property as was dictated by John Adams. We didn't behead people. We stopped short of losing that moral high ground in that also additionally moral war. And so I think every year it's very interesting to look back and we'll talk more about this. To look back at all of this and also look at the foresight that our founders had, particularly Washington, from getting too ingrained in what was happening over there. Because and one of the things we're going to discuss here later on is there are some things happening now here in the United States that are very similar to what happened back in 1789. And we'll talk a little bit about that. Also on the way, goodness, all the latest, not only did I say we were going to have updates about that 10-year-old in Ohio, but also the media's reaction, the press's reaction, and the energy department. This very interesting hires from this administration. Also, this big, I w- just, just put this on your plate. We've talked about a gig economy and how jobs have changed because of that influence. Well, what about subscription-based services? Wait until you hear this story about heated seats in a car. It's going to spiral beyond way more than just that. So there's a lot of stuff we're going to dive into today, and you don't want to miss a single bit of it. We've recently had some huge wins for truth and the American family. So it feels like the pendulum may be swinging back to a point of sense. And the center of change has to be the family, your family. There's no company doing more to help you bring your family and friends to the table than Good Ranchers. Good Ranchers delivers straight to your door and guarantees you that meat is born, raised, and harvested 100% here in the U.S. of A. You're already buying meat, so why not buy it in a way that strengthens the American farm? T-bones, burgers, ribeyes, and chicken, that's just some of what they have 
some of the best I've had. Right now, use code Dana to get $30 off your order plus free express shipping. Make gatherings at the table common again with Good Ranchers and support American agriculture. There's no company doing more to help you bring your family and friends to the table than Good Ranchers. Visit GoodRanchers.com Dana to start bringing people to the table, creating change in America, and eating seriously delicious food. Right now, use code Dana to get $30 off your order plus free express shipping from GoodRanchers.com Dana. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick 5, brought to you by Caltech. Yes, yes, yes. All right, so first up, uh, in Oregon, a court slashed $100,000 from the award to defiant cake bakers. Now, I don't know if you all remember the story. I mean, this was Sweet Cakes by Melissa. I've, I've talked to them. The Kleins, Christian couple. They do cakes for everything. They don't do divorce cakes. They are another one. Like if I wanted to go in and get a Halloween cake, tough luck for Dana. Can't go in and get a Halloween cake. It's not discrimination. They can do business however they want to. Anyway, an Oregon Court of Appeals, after targeting this bakery, they found that the state's initial award of damages against them showed signs of bias. So they dramatically reduced the financial penalties it assigned this the baker who would not bake a wedding cake for a lesbian couple a decade ago. They even also suggested other bakeries that they could go to, but the lesbian couple, in their effort, because apparently this cake was the best cake ever in the history of God's green earth, decided to target this bakery and make them pay for being Christians. Anyway, so they like ruined their lives. R- Sweet Cakes by Melissa. Rachel Bowman Cryer. She said that uh, she had weight, uh, she gained weight from the stress, and I thought it was just because she was fat. Uh, and just wouldn't stop eating. No, I feel like people like that should be mocked. I have a ton of other headlines, too. One, we're going to talk about how one unvaccinated MLB star is not going to bend to Canada's mandate. We got that and a ton of other stuff. Stick with us. With the recent rulings from the Supreme Court, it's worth mentioning that these wins didn't happen on their own. It took the support of companies like Patriot Mobile, who have passionately fought on behalf of the unborn and your constitutional rights. Patriot Mobile is America's only Christian conservative mobile phone provider, and they've been on the front lines fighting for your values. This is why Patriot Mobile is different from every other provider out there. Inflation has made it really hard on many Americans, and thankfully, Patriot Mobile has plans for almost any budget, and they offer the same nationwide coverage as all the major carriers. So you get the same great service, plus the knowledge that your money is going to a company fighting for the sanctity of life, religious freedom, and the Second Amendment. Visit PatriotMobile.com slash Dana or call 972-PATRIOT. Use offer code Dana to get free activation. If you're a veteran or first responder, please let them know because they have special discounts just for you. Come join the movement and make the switch. PatriotMobile.com slash Dana, PatriotMobile.com slash Dana, or call 972-PATRIOT. The Supreme Court's decision reigning in the EPA might be the most critical Supreme Court decision of the year. I'm Bill Walton. On the latest edition of The Bill Walton Show, John Vecchioni and Casey Norman of the New Civil Liberties Alliance join me to explain the ruling and long-term impact it may have in our fight against the administrative state. Join me. Follow The Bill Walton Show at Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Red meat, black coffee, truth-telling. The Dana Show. I just, I mean, I'm a healthy 31-year-old professional athlete um, that I just didn't feel the need to get it. Um, I've had COVID a couple times and super mild symptoms uh, back when it first came out. And 
when it came time to decide whether um, I needed a vaccine or not, I uh, talked with a couple of doctors that I knew and told them my story and just really decided I didn't think I needed it. And I, I wasn't going to take it just because I was told to, basically. So mm -hmm. Even if it meant not missing? Because you're going to forfeit a good amount of salary. Yeah, but I mean, what's 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 money when I'm not going to let Canada tell me what I do and don't put in my body? For a little yeah. Yeah. Well, I feel the same way. I mean, that's I just can't believe it's like we're still doing this. So that's a Philadelphia Phillies catcher, JT Romoto, saying that he was he's being blocked by Canada because they will not change their decision on the vaccination status. So he's been barred from participating in his team's two game series against the Blue Jays in Canada. And, and this is uh, according to the report. This is first up in the New York Post. So he's and you heard him. He said he's like, I've had it twice. I am a healthy 31 year old professional athlete. You know, he's like, I, there's no reason for this to happen. I'm not going to let me. And it's not a vaccine. Why is that? Why, people get canceled for saying that, but it's not a vaccine. It's a therapeutic for all the people who are got mad over. What were they mad over? Ivermectin. It's a therapeutic because you it doesn't prevent you from getting it. Can we use words that, because words have meanings, can we acknowledge this? I get so aggravated about this. It's not a damn vaccine. Stop calling it that because you're not vaccinated against anything. Well, it helps you with, well, does that make it a vaccine? So if you get the chicken pox vaccine, you know, when you get a vaccine, you're supposed to get some kind of immunity towards the, the virus, correct? And that's supposed to, to prevent you from getting it again, correct? Okay, then. So why is it that the highest rates of, of, uh, the getting the people getting it again, the transmission are from those who have supposedly been quote unquote vaccinated. And ha if you want to get the shot, get the shot. I don't care, but don't sit here and blow smoke up my backside and tell me it's because, well, it's prevents you from getting it again. Really? Because the most vaxxed and double, triple boosted people on the earth still get it. Like Justin Trudeau, did he get it three times in, in like what, a two month period? I don't even know how that's possible, but he apparently did. So they said that players who are not vaccinated, who do not take the injection that doesn't actually vaccinate you against coronavirus, cannot enter the glorious lands of Canada to play against the Blue Jays because of the restrictions. And they said players are not going to be paid for those games. I'm curious. So if there's like any kind of, you know, adverse reaction, is MLB going to foot the bill for all that? And they're going to pay them that salary for life? Honestly, the, especially the workplaces that make you get vaccinated like this, there are not, God did not give me enough middle fingers. I know it's blasphemous and I'll, I'll say a prayer about it later, but it's true. I've, I've only been blessed with two and I need a lot more to really just give a visual about my true feelings of this ridiculous, worthless policy. He's going to lose $262,000 for missing the series. He signed a five-year $115 million contract with him. So he's not really hurting. You know, it's not like he's going to be diving in the couch looking for money in the cushions. But still, it's the principle of it, right? He says it's not worth it when you consider everything. He's like, it's, you know, he said that it's just an unfortunate situation. I agree with him. Who is Canada to sit here and tell Americans what to put? No, then don't. I, I wish MLB would say, you know what? We're not going to go over there to play because we value our players. And we, we value them enough that, you know, this is not worth it for us. I wish they'd do that. That would be nice. So who knows? if the You know what? And maybe, see, this is why I shouldn't be president. Because I just, out of spite, I would be like, oh, all your players had it. And you're going to the World Series. Sorry, you can't come here to play. 
because we don't believe in fake science. So you can't enter the country. Your stupidity might be catching. That's not mean, right? Dang. He is healthy. He's had it. He's over it. He's fine. That's the thing I don't get. Nobody even so much as gives a single bit of credence to the science around naturally getting this virus, contracting it naturally. So you know how I always, I love going to Turks and Caicos Islands, right? Love going down there, beautiful beaches, love to fish, although I've traded it in for the Exumas at this point because they still demand that you get it, no exceptions. Doesn't matter how many, it doesn't matter if you've had it, doesn't even matter if you just got over it. You have to have, they say, fully vaccinated. You have to have every shot. Your kids have to have every shot. Everybody has to have every shot, every booster, whatever, or you can't come in the country. Yet they still have rates of transmission, even after having this mandatory vaccination scheme. Why? Because it's not an actual inoculation. See, we live in this upside down world where dudes can pretend that they're women and we can pretend that an injection that doesn't really actually inoculate you is somehow an inoculation. We are li- increasingly seeing this world where we have very we have people on the left who manufacture the world that they want to live in and they demand in order for that world to work, you have to pr- play pretend to. That's ultimately what this is. It's a contractual agreement of playing pretend and I refuse to do it. And it sounds like you all do as well. It's just silly. This is like this with everything. Everything. (sighs) To recap, they... I saw uh, this announcement. To recap, he couldn't make the trip, and they did lose both of those games, and he was fined. And Kansas City's playing there this weekend, and they can't have 10 players go off their team because they're not vaccinated. Including their best... those 10 players. I know, including their best outfielder, too. So it's... It's getting heated. I feel like I want to go buy the, the jerseys for all these players. I have JT Real Muto's jersey. I've had it for years. See? I mean, I mean, I usually, my, the only thing I would ever allow to, the, the, besides in high school, besides where, you know, only wearing my number and my jersey, the only other person whose jersey I'd wear is Molina's. That's the only, Yadi, Yadi Molina, that's the only person whose jersey I'd ever wear. I got two of them. Only person, only jersey I'd ever wear is Yadi's. But I might make an exception here because this, you know, I'm just saying, sounds, this is crazy. I, I had a friend who, who uh, was going to Canada with their family. I love where people pick to go on vacation because see, when it's hot outside, I want to go to beach places. And when it's like cold outside, I want to go to Christmas places. You know what I mean? I just, I don't get when it's hot going to cold places. I just don't understand. Anyway, so I had some friends. And they've all had coronavirus. They're all healthy. The wife actually is, it's interesting, the wife is a pediatrician and the husband is a veteran and a business owner. And they were, they decided to go, they've got four kids, they decided they were going to go up. They were in Montana, North Dakota, all these other, and then they, they were going to cross over in the, into the Canadian border. And they've all had it. They all have doctor's notes. They all have, they, they filled out everything in the event that they were going to go to Canada and they were turned away at the border because they didn't have their full vaccination. She's a pediatrician. Just going to lay that out on the table. Like way more, pretty sure she understands science, maybe a little bit more than the Mounties who were checking her paperwork, but just, you know, going to put that out there. It's just ridiculous. I wouldn't want to go there anyway. How about that? I mean, I know there's some very friendly Canadians, but I just don't, these are not friendly policies. They're not friendly policies at all. And, you know, you got Justin Trudeau up there, increasingly, increasingly to the left. Now, 
This is interesting. 538 says that Biden has the worst midterm rating of any post-World War II president. You know how I said last week that we had a new low? (sighs) It's another new low. He's actually three points below Donald Trump at the worst point of his presidency. Biden is. Far below other predecessors. He's actually below all of them. Here's 538. Biden is dancing with a bleak bit of history. His approval rating of 39% is now the worst of any elected president at this point in his presidency since the end of World War II. In other words, Biden is arguably in worse shape than any other elected president heading into his first midterm election, including his four most recent predecessors who, like Biden, were operating in an increasingly polarized political climate. They said that after now, and here's what here's the spin you're going to hear that. Well, every president during a midterm, of course, this happens. Yes and no. It can happen. It doesn't necessarily mean it will. And it doesn't have to happen to this degree. Because this is crazy. They said that Americans, 538 says that Americans have such a dim view about how things are going in the U.S. 75%. This is the RCP average, which makes this even crazier. This isn't just one survey. This is like an entire list of surveys that date, you know, go back for months. And the aggregate, the, the, the average of all this is 75% believe the country's on the wrong track. Only 18% say the country is moving in the right direction. Who are they? Oh, it's probably Biden family members. Goodness. They said that RCP's average hasn't held a net positive in terms of view of how the country, the direction the country is going in in the past 13 years. But this is the highest level of dissatisfaction in over 20 years. Well, over 11, I should say. Many factors, they say dis- dissatisfaction, inflation's driving it. That's like the top issue is inflation. And... They said that 62% of Americans in a 538 poll said that inflation or increasing prices was one of the most important issues facing the country, far outranking any other topic. Dude. Now, not only is Biden hurting where it concerns favorability and job approval, but enthusiasm is gone. There is no enthusiasm. Nobody's excited about. What are people excited about, right? When When you're a kid and you're excited about Christmas, you're excited about the promise of something, right? You're excited about the gifts and the fun. And there's like, there's promise in store. You're enthusiastic. Yay, Christmas morning. There is nothing to be enthusiastic over in terms of Democrats and what they're offering. What are you going to get excited about? Pronouns? You're paying $5 a damn egg. What are you going to be excited? Oh, really? Pronouns are going to motivate you to go out and vote? Yes, I know you're paying $3.95 per egg, but we really need to talk about changing the pronouns on our identification documentation. Really? That's a rich person's problem. A lot of this stuff are rich people's problems. Nobody gives a rat's backside about pronouns. Nobody gives a rat's backside, I'm sorry, about the, the climate change that has divided the scientific community on which there's no general consensus, hashtag facts. Nobody cares about that. Nobody's worried about nobody's worried about any of this stuff. These are rich folk problems. These are the problems of people who don't really care how much they pay for groceries or if they're in they're, if they're paying $500 a month more or not. They have, they don't care. That doesn't bother them. They still have the time to indulge their other ridiculous activities like fear-mongering and woke scolding over stupid issues. 
Meanwhile, everyone else in the country who has to worry is going from from paycheck to paycheck, who's watching their savings diminish. They're not able to go on vacation because even if they could, they couldn't afford the gas prices. I mean, everybody's it, it's insane. They don't care. They, they care about jobs. They care about inflation. They care about what they're going to be doing in five, 10 years from now, if they're going to be able to retire on time, if ever. This is how out of touch this party is. And you can see, of course, they're getting all the rich, white, old people who are college educated. Now, I'm not casting any aspersions on rich, white, old people. I am casting aspersions on the talking points that Democrats have used forever, saying, well, the country is getting more diverse. And they say this as though this is something to which anyone on the right objects to. And now look at it. As Jeremiah Wright said, the chickens have come home to roost. And on that note, ladies and gentlemen, it's true. And you know it is. You absolutely know it is. Old routines die hard, like those multiple cups of coffee and sugary energy drinks to stay alert. Well, I discovered a healthier way to get the sustained energy I need without all the caffeine and sugar. Super Beats Heart Chews. I just unwrap a chew or two in the morning and let Super Beats Heart Chews do the rest. I feel great about what I'm doing for my health. Join me in the new way to start your day with Super Beats Heart Chews. I challenge you to try it for 30 days and give them your feedback. No more afternoon coffees, energy drinks, and candy for a quick pick-me-up. I've been taking Super Beats Heart Chews for years, and it's an easy and convenient on-the-go boost to your overall health and energy. Make Super Beats Chews an essential part of your busy day. To make it easy to get started, I got you up to 45% off plus free shipping at danasbeats.com. Hurry, it's their best offer available anywhere. That's danasbeats.com for up to 45% off. danasbeats.com. Listen to The Dana Show live on the Odyssey app. Weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Can we just, like, play air instruments? Yeah. Over the No, 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 no. Oh, my gosh, I love me some ACDC. Are they one of the greatest rock bands of all time? All yes. signs point to yes. yes. Welcome back to the program. Your lovable neighborhood curmudgeon. Everyone else can get off my off my lawn, but you guys can step on it. It's okay. Dana Lash, good to be with you. Man, oh man. What I think what we're going to do at some point is we're just going to live stream the breaks. I think that's what we're going to have to do. <laughs> I recommend against it. No, no, no. It's what we're going to we're going to have to do. My, I don't care. I My advice is no. It's uh you know, because it's business. You know, business gets taken care of. And we're very transparent here on The Dana Show. It does. It's business gets taken taken care of. Oh, my gosh. So, this, um, I have a, I'm not, a, I, I missed getting to some, so many things yesterday. And coming up, we're going to talk about the really, really vile, you know, pivot with this 10-year-old Ohio girl and the abortion story. This is insane. Where's This is why we have the death penalty for people like this dude. I think I should be in charge of that, by the way. I, if I'm ever appointed, to, the only position that I would not abolish the moment given it or elected to it would be death penalties are. Like someone said, oh, you should be ATF director. And I would say my first, res- my first job would be to abolish my position. <laughs> that would... <laughs> I mean, I would. I would get rid of anything that I was actually elected to. <laughs> Just get rid of it. Except for anything that's anything outside Article 1, Section 8. But I would, you know, I would seriously consider statewide work. Yeah, Steve says he would be working in his, uh, his area. I, c- I would consider death penalties are. 
just because I think I would be most excellent in coming up with ways to just get rid of criminals, you know, and I would raise so much federal revenue. I'm talking about making something, you know, a horrible person work for the betterment of society. So for like kid touchers and these rapists and all of this stuff, I mean, I think it's a great way. I mean, you know, I mean, just saying you could, you know, live stream some of this stuff for a fee and then look at all the revenue that we would raise. And then that, yeah, I want to be able to get rid of income taxes and all this stuff and cut government spending. And I would love to get us from the red to the black and we could raise a lot of revenue you know, just saying by offing these criminals and uh, lives. I'm just saying, you know, the penalty and it would be a great deterrence, though, too, for future criminals, future offenders. Stick with us. Second hour on the way. If you're like me, you're growing more and more concerned about the future. Inflation is at its highest level in 40 years. Interest rates are skyrocketing and market experts not only predict a recession, but they're using terms like, quote, economic hurricane and unprecedented. So if you want to protect your future, do what I did. Call the only precious metal dealers that I trust, American Hartford Gold. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your savings and retirement accounts by diversifying your portfolio with physical gold and silver. So get started with just one short phone call and they'll have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or inside your IRA or 401k. They're the highest rated firm in the country with an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau and thousands of satisfied clients. Call right now and you'll receive up to $1,500 of free silver on your first qualifying order. Don't wait. Call 866-887-1188. That's 866-887-1188. Or text DANA to 9 Nine nine eight eight nine nine. Protect your future with American Hartford Gold. 866-887-1188 or text Dana to 998899. My hope is that the Republican Party moves back to a norm, normal position and not this mega party that has uh, become in many ways. Yeah, mega pint. No, I'm sorry. What? Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with you. Joe Biden, he was speaking there when he got when he stopped off in Israel on his way to head over to Saudi Arabia. He's going and doing a little visit of world leaders. Second hour of our program, we're going to explore some of that. Of course, this was audio sound by one thousand. This was a really bad gaff. Wow. Keep alive the truth and honor of the Holocaust, horror of the Holocaust. Honor those we lost. Um, What? That sounds horrible. That sounds so bad, dude. That's not not good. (sighs) He's just not a... um, Well, now you can see why nobody wants... Nobody on... no, No Democrat wants him to run. Nobody wants him to run. He's just a walking gaff machine. That's all he is. Good heavens. So he's going to be heading over. He's heading over to. Uh, he's in Israel. Stopped, but they did, they did a fist bump, and everyone was wondering what's that. Uh, blah blah blah. He's going to be headed to Saudi Arabia, where he's saying that he's not uh, going to be begging for oil and gas. But really, I mean, I think that that's kind of what's going to happen. But they're they just they're not going to they're not going to publicize it. It's just, I, I mean, I just wish. Um, I mean, I'm okay with him being over there because that means he can't do anything over here. Although that that presupposes that he was able to do some things over here, which 
I don't think that he was able to. Man, his his I'm just looking at the polling. I mean, only 18% of his own 18% of his own party. Then there was this story. I didn't really want to get into it, but she will not stop talking about it. This story with AOC. I don't know who this dude was. He was some guy was heckling her, calling her a big booty Latina. And she uh, he's like some jokester. I don't even what is the first off? What's the point of him? I'm not defending her at all because I think she's a moron. What? But I don't understand what his point was. He was like, oh, she likes killing babies, but she's really pretty. That was a funny line. He's the guy who goes to the city city halls, I think, or city councils and does all this stuff. But she like went on this relentless tweet stream. The only reason that people are talking about it is because she wouldn't stop. She would not stop talking about it. She was all, I mean, constantly. Here's the video he posted. It was a deeply disgusting incident. Someone's clearly seeking extremist fame. What's extremist fame? New buzzword. And I just don't. She's and I understand like because he was getting at her because she was basically saying no one has a right to eat dinner talking about Kavanaugh eating dinner at the restaurant. And then you had all these protesters that were coming up and and he ended up having to leave because they were raising, you know, all hell outside of the restaurant, outside of Morton's. And so he shows up on the steps as a way to somehow like prove that you know, the harassment, look, it's a two way street, you know, but there's, I think that I just don't understand. I don't know how well thought out that was. How well thought out was that? Like, I'm not saying that I, I like her at all and I'm not defending her for one. I'm not defending her at all. I don't understand the point of this. I mean, if he would have showed up and would have said, you know, so do you really believe in taxpayer funded abortion and ask serious questions and all that stuff? I mean, I think and then because, you know, she would have been upset and would have tweeted about it all the same because she loves attention and she loves seeking this faux empowerment through the optic of making herself look victimized. But I don't understand what he was talking about, like what what his point was about talking about how she looked or anything like that. I don't you know what I don't cat calls and all of that. I don't think are sexist and I don't care. I really don't. Uh, but I just don't know what his point was. Right. Am I alone in thinking that? Do you disagree? Do you disagree, Kane? I mean, just looking at it, like this morning when I, I saw the tweet and what he was saying, I was like, ah, that's kind of crass and bad taste and all that. It's like, what the hell but is this point? The, I, my assumption was the point, because looking at some of the comments and everything, it's just like the harassment that these justices get when they're out in public, um, he was more of, you know, just imitating that just to prove, I guess, to her that how annoying it actually is. And so she made a big deal out of it. Well, they know how, how annoying it is. Right. No, of course. But she made a big deal about this, continues to. First, she said she wasn't going to post it. Then she posted the video. And so the proof, I think, he was, what he was trying to prove was, look, you're a public official. You're being, you know, quote unquote, harassed. You obviously don't like it. Yet you were okay with these justices being harassed. In but can't he do that without giving them a, a he's doing it by demonstration he's not doing it by explaining yeah but i but yeah but can't he that's but that's irrelevant can't he do a demonstration without giving them you know some sort of uh, kindling material i mean because i just think that well, him doing that sort of yeah but i think everything's kindling material it if gave they want them it. something to object to 
it gave them to say, oh, well, you made it, you turned it, I mean, you mentioned, because some people are saying, oh, it's because he mentioned she's Latina, and he was talking about her butt and all this stuff, and which I don't see why any, I, I don't, per, personally, I don't understand why that's like a big deal, because, I mean, she talks, does videos about her own ethnicity and all this other right. stuff constantly. But my whole point is that, why would you even give the other side anything that they could focus on to dodge the whole point of your stunt? Right? I mean, I, I I'm not. I'm all for demonstration. I think the left. I just makes, think he could have done something different. I think the left makes anything they want kindling to be kindling. I think that's what they do. So he could have either been, you know, I guess as hateful as some of those quote unquote protesters against SCOTUS justices. Or he chose to do what he did. Either way, you know, it's going to be I don't know. I'm going to need some persuading that this was a really well thought out, you know, trick that's like playing 40 chess or something. I'm not suggesting that this was completely well thought out. I'm just saying he was making a point and whatever the left wants is kindling. They're going to make it kindling. Well, yeah, but this is he actually gave them something here because then they can go look at this. You're 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 you know, you're talking about my figure and then you you know, you're saying that I have a big butt and all this stuff and you're pointing it out and you're, you know, et cetera, et cetera, on the steps of the Capitol. You're going to get some people out there that are going to be like, yeah, that was like a step too far. Why even mate? Why even why even? I mean, look, this isn't about it's not about. You know, the left saying, oh, well, they're they're going to object over anything. But this is not smart protest. I'm sorry, but it's not. Right. And neither was, you know, interrupting someone's dinner. No, that wasn't smart protest either. Right. But you shouldn't but have to at- include that as a way to be like, yeah, well, yeah, I mean, we all know that. But I just think that he could have like really pulled one over because if he would have just if he would have shown up and would have aggravated about her, her inconsistency on a number of issues and got in her face about, you know, abortion and all this other stuff. She still would have bitched and moaned about that. Everybody knows she would have. But then at this, but then he could have turned around and said, yeah, you know what? Your people do this. Um, you know, you actually, I mean, you, you, they're death threats, like actual legitimate, you know, credible threats that, that people getting arrested targeting these Supreme court justices. Right. It's just, Steve's like, it's from a meme. I mean, I know it's from a meme, but it's just, I, I don't know. I just don't understand the, the point of it. I don't... I like smart protest. You know what I mean? I don't know. It's just... that like He could have... There's a number of things he could have done. So, like, for instance, just some of the stuff that I have seen and then have, have, in my, like, my years of, like, doing protests and all this other stuff. Like, one of the funniest things I ever saw was my late friend, and I used to work for Andrew Breitbart, he got on roller skates when Occupy was doing all their stuff, or rollerblades, and he went rollerblading and disrupted their whole protest. They ended up like walking off of the par- their little parade route because they got so mad at him rollerblading around them, and then he led them all like cows to Applebee's. I'm not making any of this up. He led them. It was the funniest stuff I've ever seen, and and and. I mean, it was just kind of like lighthearted and but then he also, you know, he was like trying to actually debate them. Um, There was one point because I've crashed so many protests like before the radio show was nationally syndicated and I would show up. One of my favorite things ever was we showed up to it was at a Claire McCaskill fundraiser in downtown St. Louis. 
And uh, some folks and I, we showed up, and it was SEIU that was out there. And this was after the whole Kenneth Gladney thing. And that was my first Fox appearance. It was after Kenneth Gladney got beaten up by some SEIU guys in the parking lot of a Russ Carnahan Town Hall because he was selling Gadsden flags. He was just a street vendor, right? He'd sold Obama pins at an Obama rally. He knew his audience, and he knew what people wanted, and he modified his wares to whatever event it was. But they assumed, because he was selling Gadsden flags, that he was a conservative and a black conservative at that and hell no that can't be had so we got beaten up in the parking lot of a town hall it was a national story uh, my first fox appearance is on greta van susteren about that so anyway long story short there were this like went on for like the protests about this etc went on for a while we were in downtown st louis obama was coming in for a claire mccaskill senate fundraiser and seiu was out there and i put on a union shirt and i went out and i gave interviews to all the press as a fake member of uh, the union and i said the craziest stuff and they had people had to take stories down AP was like citing me. I was like even saying like I even like lifted the Roberta Falange's name from friends. I mean, it was ridiculous. But but the whole point was to highlight confirmation bias. And and we made a big deal like we a group of us showed up in the middle of that. Like we had we acted like we just arrived at the protest. And then we were all in our SEIU shirts and there were a group of protesters on one side and then all the grassroots Tea Party folks on the other. And we shrugged our shoulders and made a big point about it. That got written up in the press. It was ridiculous. You know, um, I mean, doing stuff like that, that's like lighthearted. I had friends who would try to uh, bomb, live bomb the shots at any time, like there was a protest or a rally or anything like that. They would get in the background of these interviews with these leftist, either agitators or activists, and they would try to ruin the shot by doing something dumb in the background so that they couldn't use it for air. I mean, this is the stuff. This is what I'm talking about. I, I don't get this. You know what I mean? I'm all for, believe me, I've been doing it for a decade. I'm all for theatrical stunts. I love them. I just don't get this. Right? I think it's a fair, fair thing to say. I don't get it. We, um, and she's ridiculous. The only reason that it even became a big deal is because she would not stop talking about it. I've never seen anyone that craves views and craves affirmation like this chick. It is, the thirst is real. Wait, if she's mad at somebody, doesn't that mean she wants to date them? Right? Those them's the rules, right? Those are her words. Those are her words. That's what I thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. All right. So we have more on the way, um, including Eric Swalwell got mad because someone assumed that he was Gen X. And he had the snottiest response ever, which proves that he's not Gen X. We're going to get into that. Uh, we also have uh, the latest with this Ohio story and abortion. Just crazy. Some tech. We got a lot of stuff on the way. Wokery. Where woke policies get you. All this and so much more. Arizona Senate candidate Blake Masters joins me to discuss why he believes it's game over for the U.S. if the Democrats win the midterms. I'm Sarah Carter on the latest Sarah Carter Show. I'll also ask Masters about President Trump and Elon Musk and tell you how President Biden is sending our precious energy reserves to Hunter Biden's buddies in China. Join me. Follow The Sarah Carter Show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. This headline speaks to me. A man has discovered a hack to win claw machines every time at the arcade. He says, this is the secret they don't tell you. The arcade enthusiast has shared how to win prizes. His name's Brandon. 
He's online, of course. 9.2 million views. He said, you have to center the claw above the prize and press the button as normal. And then he says, press the button again as the claw, claw grabs the item, making it grip tighter. So it's about making it grip tighter, apparently. He goes, you've been lied to your entire life. It's not really a secret. It just seems like it's, yeah, right? I feel like I've been oversold. I'm still going to try. Yeah, I am too. A, let's see, a mysterious object, billions of light years away from Earth, is releasing strong bursts of energy in a pattern similar to a beating heart. Fast radio bursts, a.k.a. FRB, to make it sound super important, are intense radio waves that typically last for a few milliseconds. Astronomers recently detected one billions of light years uh, away from Earth. It said it persists for up to like three seconds and that it's about 1,000 times longer than the average. And it repeats every 0.2 seconds in a clear periodic pattern, similar to that of a beating heart. I'm not saying it's aliens, but it might be aliens. The same. Starbucks very, very quietly yanked a new chicken sandwich after it gave customers diarrhea. I was going to say something different. You know, uh, it might be... I was going to say squirts, but, you know. They said that Starbucks baristas, they even took to social media to share their bouts with it. Vomiting and all of this, they said it seriously made them ill. It was the, one of them told uh, on social media, said it was the worst diarrhea of my life. I want to sue. And it tested positive for food poisoning caused by raw chicken. Can't be a low bacter is what, I don't even know. But anyway, they pulled it from the menu. Good heavens. Hot dogs not raising the price of their $1.50 hot dog, by the way. But it may raise membership costs. Stick with us. Dana gives you the meat and potatoes news of the day. None of that tofu news. More like bacon with a side of hash browns news. The news you want, the way you want it. The Dana Show. Figuring out ways to contain um, the crisis in energy. And for, for countries like the United States and Europe, of, of course, is taking concrete steps to wean ourselves off of these global oil markets because that is what's making all of these economies so vulnerable right now. Oh my it's gosh. Why the president continues to focus on his clean energy agenda that can help make sure that we see prices in the future that are lower and less volatile than None what we None of this stuff means any sense. It's like pointless. This is just pointless like word salad. That is uh, what's her face? Heather Bushy. Oh my gosh. On inflation. She's an economic advisor. Mm-hmm. Welcome back to the program. Your lovable curmudgeon here. So he's going to focus on they want to wean us off of global oil markets and latch on to the China rare earth minerals market. OK, I just wanted to establish that to make sure that that's you know, we got it. So in addition to this, I want to get to this story here because I saw this yesterday and it was, I thought it was funny, and I actually had, had remarked on this, too, on social media. And then we're going to get into these some serious stories. So, Eric Swalwell, he tweeted, no one, no one said anything. Eric Swalwell, apropos of nothing, tweets, A reporter just prefaced a question with, quote, As a Gen Xer, can you tell me your thoughts on, end quote, I cut him off, and I told him I was born in 1980. Therefore, I'm a millennial. Perhaps a pioneer of millennials, but a millennial. Come at me. Oh, my gosh. I, I remarked, funny that anyone ever thought him cool enough to be Gen X. 
I'm not saying that there aren't any cool millennials, but dude, whining is total just that is that's kind of a hallmark, right? Oh my gosh. This the yeah. I don't even know why cuz they say that there's a zenial, we've talked about this before, but he is definitely what I don't know. What a pioneer of millennials. How are you a millennial? He, I mean, you're when you're older than him. How are you a millennial? If you're born in the 80s, like barely in the 80s, like if you're, if you're, I, I mean, what is it? Beta Rourke is older than me and he says he's a millennial. He's not, he's Gen X. He's like, we don't want him. I'm Gen X. We don't want him. But how, I don't know. I think that's all, it's all stupid. I know it's all about when you come into age and all this stuff, whatever. The generation apparently after Gen Z is called Alpha, by the way. What? Yeah, did you know that? I didn't. Yeah, it's called Alpha. Anybody born 2013 to 2025 is Alpha. Gen Z is 1997 to 2012. Millennials are 81 to 96. He's actually apparently Gen X. That's see that's different. There's like three different. Sixty-five brackets. to eighty is apparently Gen X, but then they say that Zennials are like seventy-five to eighty-five. I don't even know what that is. Okay, that has to do with computering, computer tech, and all this stuff. Like apparently, if you had internet when you were in high school, you're a Zennial. I don't. I mean, I don't count AOL as internet, so sorry, I'm not doing that. But I don't know. But the whole point is that he actually made a big deal about this. What is up with these attention-seeking people? Between him and AOC. They, Gen X, you know what? We, you know what Gen X did? Dude, we had gum cigarettes. Okay, we had gum shaped like cigarettes that had powdered sugar on the end that you could quote-unquote puff. That was Gen X. I remember when I was a kid... And I came of age in the 90s when I was a kid sitting like we'd go down to the we'd go down to Black River in Missouri and I would legit be with my cousin sitting on the open. I mean, our feet dangling on the bed of a truck going down a country road, coming back, going back to grandma's after being at the river all day. Dude, that's Gen X. We rode bikes without helmets. <laughs> we were the latchkey generation. I I think it was the 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 closing song, uh, the closing theme of Oprah was when I knew my mom was going to be home. I, that's that's Gen X, like we did. We went everywhere. We were into everything. No one cares about us. <laughs> that was like our whole thing. We want to be left alone. He is not Gen X, not at all. Goodness. I just, but alpha, the alpha generation. I don't know anything about that generation. Like, they keep saying that Gen X are apparently going to be, like, uh, more conservative, which I don't know. I I just don't know what alphas are going to be. I I have no clue. No clue. All right. So, I have a few other things here that I want to make sure that we are getting into. Because this story, and I want to go back up to this, this Ohio The story of this 10-year-old in Ohio, apparently this story, I mean, it was very interesting how it all came about, but the 27-year-old illegal entrant, 
apparently raped a 10-year-old girl who traveled to Indiana for abortion. The problem with this story, and it is apparently true, is that she didn't need to travel to Indiana. The AG, Dave Yost, said that there is no way because it was considered detrimental to her health and her build and her, you know, she's 10 years old. Um, it, there was apparently a lot of health issues associated with it. And he said, this is not a question. There's no reason why she, and it was six weeks. So there was no reason, he said, why she needed to go to Indiana. Because there are exceptions in his state. And he was apparently, he's been talking to the press about this. So they made, I mean, it, it's really like bizarre how they tried, how people tried to say that she still had to go to a different state when apparently she didn't have to go to a different state. And so this 27-year-old has been arrested and he is apparently a Guatemalan national. He has an ICE detainer. The judge rejected the motion to remand the defendant without bail at arraignment. That's wild. Now... They had, let me pull this up. One of the things that Yost had said was that there had not been any, he said, not a whisper about the assault. So I'm not quite sure how the case came up to be, etc. But he said, we had not heard about this case. And maybe we'll get some more answers about that. But, I mean, the, the, there was no reason why he was saying that the 10-year-old the had to go to Indiana. But secondly, Dr. Caitlin Bernard, she apparently did not notify law enforcement. And you are required to notify law enforcement when you, when in, in situations of a crime like this. Why would you not notify law enforcement? That's really bizarre to me. So what I would like to know, like what happened, everyone sitting here focusing on this fact, what's fabricated still is that she had to go to Indiana. There was no reason why she had to go to Indiana. But secondly, why is there no question on to why, as to why this abortion doctor did not report this? And apparently, there's, uh, there's some reports that she had a history of not reporting this. And I am, that's just what I find really reprehensible. So they said that they're, I guess they're looking into trying to figure out why you know, how this case, how it developed the way it did. But also, is there are there other underage females that this abortion doctor has has uh, done abortions for where she hasn't reported them? And that's apparently now what people are looking into. Because that's a real serious, that's, I mean, this guy needs to be a death penalty immediately. Just immediately. So the Indiana AG now says that he's going to investigate this doctor. Todd Rokita said his office is going to investigate this abortionist because they have no record of her ever reporting this. And she is required to by law. He said, so they're double checking. He said, we're looking at her licensure, her licensure, because if she in, in crime, you have to report it. And they all know this. So and this 27 year old Gerson Fuentes is he was arraigned and man i don't know how you can't have the death penalty on deck for this guy it it is it's unbelievable 
Now, a couple of other things, too, uh, with this. The, the, because there's been so many, I was looking in the exceptions. There are all kinds of exceptions in all these different states because states went, if there is not, if there's a state that doesn't have any, which I have not been able to find any language in the state statutes for, and I haven't gone through everything, so I'm not going to say definitively, but I haven't seen anything where there isn't an exception in any of these states, but it does remain that if there is a state that doesn't have like in some of these blue states the language isn't what abortion activists want for their trigger laws i don't know why they didn't work then to codify that at the state level and that's that would be a failure on behalf of not just those activists but also their democrat lawmakers that represent their interests if they if they don't like the strength of the language or whatever but states have exceptions we were talking about the ectopic pregnancies we were talking about you know, uh, mother's health, et cetera, rape and incest. And those cases, while they exist, they are so incredibly rare, but they are so often misrepresented as, as to a disproportionate, wildly disproportionate degree as a way to argue for taxpayer-funded abortion on demand. So I don't, and apparently, and I don't think, I hope that we never learn the identity of the 10-year-old. I think that the, that that child has got enough on their plate right now. That family doesn't need it. That 10-year-old don't need it. You know exactly enough what you need to know, and that's all that needs to be known. Because I can't even imagine that family having to deal with that and that little girl's psyche having to come back from everything that she's been through. But this guy, he needs to be put down like the animal that he is. It's just sickening, absolutely sickening. So the, um, and we should actually reach out, by the way, now that I'm thinking about it, to uh, uh, A.G. Rukita on this. Because that's, because, and I was listening to Yost in Ohio, and he was explaining Ohio's law. There was no reason for her, even if it was three days after the six-week limitation, it was considered risky because of her size and age. It was absolutely detrimental to her health, and thus it, qualifies for an, it qualified for an exception. There was no reason why he was explaining that she needed to go to Indiana. None, none at all. But then at the same time, you know, I don't question their, uh, you know, the motivate. I'm not looking at the motivations of the family because who knows what they were all dealing with. Good heavens. If this, if this guy has only just been arrested, they were dealing with all of this while he was still out there. So you also have to just pause for a minute and look at it like the, you know, the family's being victimized as well. We have more to come. We have Florida man on the way. And it's also the anniversary of the storming of the Bastille that kicked off the French revolution. Now, I, coming up, we're going to get into some of, the, some of these trends that we are seeing here in the United States that we saw with the revolution. And one of the reasons I think it's so important, even though we're American, you need to understand history because out of all the revolutions that have happened on this green rock, green and blue rock, the American revolution is the only one that did not end up the same way as all the others. And I think that that is extraordinary and it should be celebrated. So we're going to talk more about that as we get moving on. It's his life mission to make bad decisions. It's time for Florida Man. All right, first up, a Florida woman, Michelle Reynolds, told WSVN that she went downstairs one evening to make herself a snack. This is Saturday night. After she put her popcorn in the microwave, she... What? Popcorn in the microwave. She went to use the bathroom and opened the door and did a quick turnaround because she saw something in there and quickly shut the door. And that thing was an uninvited iguana, which almost sounds like a great band name of reptile uh, fans. 
The reptile was unable to find its way out of the toilet, so she had to call some. There's literally a company called Iguana Lifestyles, a wildlife removal service, because they have such an iguana issue. So he goes, this is the second one this week already. So he moved it from her, John, and there you go. And they're not native. They're all over. They're not dangerous, but they can transmit salmonella, and they're just... How do you get an iguana in the toilet? I just... There are a lot of questions I have. All right. I am laughing out loud legitimately on this. Fox 5. So here's the headline. Chickens die every day, people. Florida man arrested for killing a neighbor's rooster, and he claims self-defense. In Jacksonville, a Florida man is facing animal cruelty charges after investigators say he killed his neighbor's pet rooster. Jacksonville resident James Nix said he was checking his mail in mid-May when the neighbor's rooster began attacking him. He goes, quote, I just check my mail and turn around and go, and I hear bang, 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 bang. And I turn around, and there's a chicken out there in the street. And I said, oh boy, here we go. Turn around, walk to my place, bang, 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 bang. And now the chicken's in my yard. And now its neck flares up. That is legit a direct quote nick said that he picked up a stick in the yard and tried to hit it in self-defense but with the rooster jumping at him he accidentally knocked the bird in the head killing it he says quote i didn't know to give it a 21 gun salute mouth to mouth you know call the chicken ambulance and he said that the the (laughs) he goes after the neighbor realized his chicken was missing Nick goes, the next thing you know, he calls the chicken police on me. And he goes, he says he doesn't understand why his neighbor called law enforcement on him over a dead rooster. His quote was, chickens die every day, people, at churches, at Popeyes, at Kentucky Fried Chicken. Really? This is my new favorite story. That's a real story. Uh, I don't think, does he need to be in jail? Because if the rooster was attacking him, does he need to be in jail or be what? He is right. Have you ever tried to catch a chicken? Yes. Yeah, it's not easy. No. So he clearly was being attacked. Yeah, it's not easy to catch a chicken. And and Rooster's not going to let you just... I mean, he does have a face tattoo. Let's just establish this right now. James Nix does have a face tattoo. Yes, he looks a little bit like a young Robert De Niro in like one of his roles where... What is it? Where he stalked that one family? But, you know, he is right. Chickens do die every day, people, at KFC, Popeyes, everywhere. Stick with us. we got another, another hour in store. Yeah, right. They don't see us as Americans. They see us as tacos. That's exactly how they see us. And we're proud Americans, and they only are doing this to get our vote, and they think that by giving us tacos and playing Latin music, that that's all it's going to take for us to vote for them in November. It's going to take a lot more than that. We want gas, rent, and groceries to come down. We want more money in our pockets, and they're only making our lives more miserable. Well, she's not wrong. That's Maya Flores, who was one of the first to react to all of this, and rightfully so, because it's, it is, it's just, it was, un, it's just kind of unbelievable the way I think that uh, the left has been reacting to all of these new surveys coming out talking about the major, major uh, drop in Hispanic support for Democrats. Welcome back to the program. As always, good to be with you. I'm Dana Lash, and you can sign up for the newsletter over on Substack. And with that, you get my prep and all of that good stuff in there sent to you off daily, all kinds of things. We've been getting into uh, giving a little bit by bit 
because it's the anniversary of storming the Bastille, which, you know, the American Revolution was so different. We're going to talk about that here in a little bit uh, as well. I also have, I got to talk about this, uh, a couple of other, a couple of other stories here as well. Democrats pushing loan forgiveness. So yesterday, in the wake of the horrible uh, new numbers, nine was a 9.2% CPI number was horrible, 9.2%, 1%. The transitory inflation is actually worse than it ever, than Democrats really wanted to acknowledge it being. And so there's two things that are happening. So first you have, uh, they think that raising taxes is somehow going to be the panacea to this, which it won't be. And then you have Corinne Jean-Pierre and others who have new talking points and they're calling the reconciliation bill. They're saying that the Republicans are are blocking an anti-inflation bill. That's the new language from Corinne Jean-Pierre, quote, and this was just uh, yesterday evening, quote, the anti-inflation reconciliation bill the president is fighting for would do just that by empowering Medicare to negotiate down the cost of prescription drugs and save consumers and taxpayers money at the same time. Congressional Republicans oppose it to the nail except it's not in any way shape or form any kind of anti-inflation bill it's a tax increase because it calls for raising taxes that's i mean there's no other way around it it calls for raising taxes in order to accomplish what they say they want to accomplish there's nothing about this that is in any way shape or form remotely anti-inflation and democrats are not supportive of it in fact i think it was joe manchin i'm pulling up one of my pieces here that i was reading about uh, just the other day manchin is saying yeah he's not we're not we're not talking about this inflation is a, a present danger to our economy we're not going to be we're not going to be involved in in raising taxes and at a time at this particular time it's not going to happen of course now remember all of this could have been a lot worse back with the Build Back Better had Manchin not gotten involved and, and also stopped that as well, not wanted to get rid of the filibuster. And they're still mad at him for that. That $5 trillion, man, that would have been a bomb. That would have acted like a bomb. We, we would, it would have been so much worse off. <sighs> How sad is that that, that's the res- that you have to go, well, it could be worse because this could have happened. It could have been a lot worse. Now, he's also saying no matter what, he, he's quoted as saying, and I want to make sure this is coming from, I always want to make sure I cite this, this is Politico. So Politico quoted him, they were on the Hill uh, yesterday. They, he's, Manchin says, quote, no matter what spending aspirations some in Congress may have, it's clear to anybody who visits a grocery store or gas station, we cannot add any more fuel to this inflation fire. So he is a no on this. See, the problem that Corinne Jean-Pierre is overlooking, and it's not just him, you also have Kirsten Sinema, you have a couple of other Democrats that are coming, they're not just coming out of some purple states, these are, these are Democrats who are not all the way socialist in their fiscal policy, and they're, they're looking at this saying, this is going to be a lot worse. You're, I, Democrats want to pass something so that they could say they pass something, but at the same time, what they pass is going to put them in an even worse position than what, we, what we're in now after their last proposal. So it's when Corinne Jean-Pierre tries to blame this on Republicans, it's actually not Republicans. Republicans don't control the House. This is Democrats. Other Democrats are blocking this. It, her quote unquote, which not really, it's not really an anti-inflation bill. You understand this, but that's what she's trying to assert that it is. And it's not. 
she's there. This isn't a Republican issue. This is a Democrat issue. Other Democrats are not on board. And because in the Senate, all of this is so it's 50 50, you have to have every single Democrat or you got to convince some other Republicans to come on, at least on this. You won't be getting a Collins or a Murkowski or a Romney. So they have to have everybody and they're they don't. So this is not a Republican issue. This is these are Democrats doing this. I mean, it's just a parody at this point. War is peace, freedom is slavery, ignorance is strength. And remember, they had all said that, oh, no, our rescue plan's not going to, that's not going to fuel inflation further. And look where we are. Mm -hmm. Now, another thing, I have been very intrigued by the whole subscription microtransaction process. Kane's already smirking. So BMW, I didn't even know you could do this. I've never heard of this before, but it makes sense. And I think that this is a, uh, an omen for what's to come, clearly. BMW is now selling subscriptions for heated seats in a number of countries. They are one of the latest companies to adopt microtransactions for car features. And the Verge had the story about how a monthly subscription to heat a BMW's front seats is $18. I'm sorry, what? With options to subscribe for a year, $180. Three years, $300. Or unlimited access for $415. Now, nobody knows exactly when BMW started offering this. Apparently, it's a, a bunch of outlets in South Korea are saying that this is that this apparently this it started in South Korea. So in South Korea, apparently they already have this. Um, and actually, I have a couple of stories about this. They so apparently in South Korea they already have this. This is already like taking place. This is weird. And this microtransaction subscription based thing for a heated seat. So how it works is that basically. The, the way that they don't tell you all the details, but they can actually block things. Um, you know, they have like a, a, a they can block how it how it operates and um, with code. And you have to basically it's like, isn't it ransom? Isn't this ransom? You can call it my, uh, you know, microtransaction, but it seems like it's kind of ransom. This is very kind of dystopian. So it has Bluetooth connectivity. This is my thought on this, and you tell me if I'm overthinking it. You are purchasing a car. You're purchasing the seats. You can't tell me that BMW isn't saying, well, as one of the bonus features of this car, we have heated seats. So you think that you're purchasing and owning heated seats when in fact you're not. You are being charged. Now, BMW owners are furious. Oh, apparently these are also in Germany and UK too. You don't even own parts, aspects of your car that might persuade you to purchase and own your car? I mean, I get in-app purchases, but this is like an actual tangible thing that you own. This is very futile. I don't like this. 
because now you tell me if I'm overreacting. I may have stolen Kane's tinfoil hat, but doesn't it sort of feel like this is the first step towards a very like a hurdle towards everything is subscription based and you don't actually own anything. Remember what Carol Roth and I were talking about yesterday? You'll own nothing and you'll be happy. So like what happens if you have a car that you can't drive because you have to have a subscription for it? I just found a new thing I want to object to with EVs, by the way. Is that... Like, what if you, what if, seriously, think about this. What if, just imagine, you know, you own a car and you know how you have people like Bill Gates and everyone telling you, oh, you got to eat less meat, eat, eat less hamburger. What if they say you have to drive less? And if you go over your allotment, see what I'm saying? Am I overthinking those? Is this too tinfoil hat for real? No, not at all. Well, it's my tinfoil hat, so I don't think so at all. But think about this. What if the AC in the car wasn't operational unless you paid the subscription yes. fee. That this is kind of the same thing. I know heated seats people look at as some sort of luxury. Most cars have them nowadays. Heated seats. I don't yeah. know why BMW decided to, you know, die on this hill, but if that's what they want to do, I guess go for it. But it's the same concept. What if your AC doesn't work unless you pay a monthly fee? So they say that they, it's a subscription to disable the software that BMW has installed to prevent you from using the heated seats, which are already built in. That is super ridiculously dystopian. It's going to be a black market for hackers on this stuff. Oh, of course. I mean, this is so insane. It's not even, you're not even subscribing to heat your seats. Your seats can heat. It's already in there. BMW is preventing you from using your heated seats with software that they've installed and you have to pay a ransom fee to get it removed. I'm just, it's weird. So, I mean, why wouldn't it already be included? You're, I mean, because you're, it's just weird. I, um, yeah, and you were saying like the hacking thing too. I'm just not, I, that's where I get weird about it because I just feel like it's this thing where this is just like the first step. It's the beginning. And now we're never, I mean, this is all just, it's all about renting and subscribing and you don't ever get to own anything. I am not, inter- BMW can go take a long walk off a short pier now. I'm not, mm-mm. not that I was considering getting a BMW, but if I were, I wouldn't be now. Isn't that weird? It's just weird. I don't like that. This is where it's like we're get, we're really getting to this point here. I mean, here total tinfoil hat, BlackRock. Now these companies are like doing the the meat space version of in-app purchases for actual tangible private property that we already own. It's weird. <sighs> okay, we've got more coming up. Uh, we also have uh, well, we got a lot, and um, as well, we got some tech issues. We got some wokery, all kinds of stuff you don't want to miss. So make sure. You stay with us here. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. So China is now using artificial intelligence to improve 
they say, courts, with computers correcting perceived human errors in a verdict. And judges, I know, judges forced to submit a written explanation to the machine if they disagree. Ooh, that's, yeah, that's where that, well, they are. I mean, I hope we're not, that's like a whole, there's a whole other segment right there. Uh, Let's see. Also, from the Mirror, this is a British publication. They report, uh, ultimately, that the coronavirus infection might be more likely depending on your blood type. Interesting. Now, this is just what they've been looking at in the UK, because they said that there was an increase in positive tests. No one, everyone talks about positive tests, but they don't talk about severity or anything else. It's so stupid. But they said that um, it was first hypothesized by researchers in China back in 2020. I think it's all, anything that's, I don't care. I don't care. I don't trust a single damn thing that comes anywhere from near close to Beijing. Not at all. Because we were, the science was denied by communists and communist surrogates. So I don't know. They said that blood type A might be more susceptible. That's apparently the most common blood type in the UK is what was said. And so they're they're hypothesizing this. So we'll see. But I don't know. There may be something to it. This is a dumb headline. Uh, But it's, you know, everyone always wondered, why do skinny people? What's the whole secret to staying skinny? They eat less, not exercise more, apparently. They actually exercise and eat less. They just don't eat huge portions. And they they stop eating when they're full. That's a long story. Long story of a cut short. Uh, A new study out. This is from Study Finds. They say that the virus, the Rona, could be hiding in meat in your freezer for weeks. Jeez, I don't care. I don't care about this fear-mongering garbage. I'm so done with this. Uh, also, a man died. He died after he drank a whole entire bottle of Jägermeister in two minutes to try to win a South African liquor store challenge. Do you know why he died? Not because it was a whole bottle of Jäger, because Jäger's nasty. That's why he died. That's why. Stick with us. We got more in store. The latest with Uvalde and more. Want a behind-the-scenes look at The Dana Show? Subscribe to Dana's chapter and verse newsletter for a deeper dive in all things Dana at danalash.com. My views on Khashoggi have made been absolutely, positively clear. Um, and I have never been quiet about talking about human rights. The question that I'm the reason I'm going to Saudi Arabia, though, is much broader is to promote U.S. interest, promote U.S. interest in a way that uh, I think we have an opportunity to uh, reassert what I think we've made a mistake of walking away from our influence in the Middle East. Hmm. I'm I'm watching a video that that Juan had sent of Joe Biden trying to shake hands with nobody again. That's just weird. He just sounds slow and tired and elderly. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with you. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how that works out. We'll see what he actually does when he goes when he goes over there. A couple of things I want to get to uh, in Uvalde. Here's a very important update to this story. Do you remember one of the criticisms after we're, this was in the uh, aftermath of that 77 minute video that was released where you saw cops in the hallway and. There was one uh, officer who was getting uh, hand sanitizer. We've talked about all of this. But there was one officer who was seen with his phone out, and he was looking at his phone. You might remember the criticism around him and revolved around his Punisher wallpaper on his phone. And people were saying, look, this guy even had time to be on his phone when he was there. Well, there's a very important 
Um, very, very important note about that. And this was brought up by uh, one of the, uh, Joe Moody, who's over at the New York Post. He writes that the it was the Uvalde officer checking his phone with the Punisher lock screen during the school shooting. And he says, this is the husband of teacher Eva Morales, who contacted him on his phone from her classroom while he was on scene to say that she had been shot and was dying. Moody adds that he had not planned to speak publicly until the report was released. But he says, I couldn't say nothing seeing this man who's lost everything maligned as if he was indifferent or actively malicious. Context matters. He adds, to those who haven't even bothered to read even the news that's been reported in the rush to judgment, he attempted to engage, but was removed from the building and disarmed. He adds, we'll have much to say about the response, but no criticism of this officer. The context, I think, makes it so much worse. He, his wife was right there down the hall. And he was, after learning that what was going on and realizing his wife was there, they removed him and prevented him from going in. I had also saw that one of the father's of one of the students who was there. Apparently, uh, he was one of the cops who was told to stand back that his daughter was down that hall. And it's his daughter, 10-year-old Lexi Rubio. This is unbelievable. They said that among those, Uvalde County Sheriff Deputy Felix Rubio was one of the dozens of officers told by the school district police to not engage. He actually had to physically be held back. And he's on video, and you can see him. It took two men to hold him back. And he said, I, I see him. He goes, I see the hall. He says, I hear him uh, murdering children and my 10-year-old daughter. Her classmates, he said, wow. I am without words. I mean, every time we have an update, I swear to you, it's like we say this can't get worse than it does. Um, I, I mean, and they, they grabbed him and held him back. They had to like basically incapacitate him. I, um, oh my gosh. I, I just, there's no words for that. There is no word. There are no words. Um, it's just, that's unbelievable. And all this stuff is now coming out. They were, they were harsher on everybody who wanted to go in and save these kids than they were the actual killer. That's unbelievable. And these two men, I can't imagine having to wrestle with that. It is just sickening. See, they make these areas gun-free zones and then they tell you that only cops should be able to carry. They prevent you from protecting your kids and then they don't even allow the officers who want to go down there to do it to do it. I honestly think some careers need to be ruined forever over this. 
I there are no words. Just disgusting. Disgusting. And that's, you know, that's the latest. This is, I, I mean, I don't even know. They, I mean, clearly nobody, they, they did not have a response and they should always have a response. You always want to have a prep, have a plan and never need it instead of needing it and not having it. Now, Starbucks, they're apparently paying the price for allowing their stores to become drug dens, apparently. So Starbucks are closing stores in a number of areas. They're all in California. And uh, California, there's one in Philly. Oregon and DC and the they've the one in DC they said they've seen full-blown homeless encampments rampant drug use in broad daylight people who try to go in are just constantly harassed so they're having to shut all these these stores now they Starbucks supported all these woke policies and now they're feeling that they they supported the breakdown of law and order for wokery it's what that stuff always it's where it always leads now, we were talking about one of the things here at the start of the program was what happened 1789, the French Revolution, and how we're seeing it kind of like some things happen again. I am still, as I said, I'm endlessly fascinated by how all of these revolutions all over the world and the United States was very singular in not having the outcome similar to that of everybody else. Because, see, when when the... And the, our, when the American colonists, when the, the American Revolution took place, you know, if the French Revolution just stopped at, you know, storming the Bastille, that might be one thing, you know, because they storming the ships for the at the Boston Tea Party, the founding fathers, the Sons of Liberty were very, very careful in the ships that they targeted. They only wanted the East India Trading Company because that was the company that was given special tax breaks specifically by the crown um, at the expense of everyone else. And they did not want to harm people. They only wanted property. Uh, and they and then afterwards, you know, they scrubbed the decks of the ships that they boarded. Do you know that? Sons of Liberty did. If the revolutionists in France had done that and just stopped at the Bastille, I think maybe they would have kept some of their moral, their morality in check and the moral veneer that they tried to use for the revolution would have been kept in place. But they didn't stop there. They ended up killing the governor and they went off and started killing everybody. Thousands of people lost their lives. They completely destroyed everything, everything about them that was unique. They I mean, that was you saw this happen so many years later in China with the Cultural Revolution. And you see it happen with woke mobs here and taking down, like the tearing down of statues or trying to target institutions or things like that. They're not, if it was really legitimate, they would be basing things in fact. I mean, for crying out loud, they've been tearing down statues of abolitionists. It's just wild. It's about so much more than that. See, what's changed is that you still have this Marxist, this communist principle, this, this class division, but instead of using economic status as the divisive tactic it's identity identity politics wokery that's been used i mean you the seizing going after language and and going after education that's one thing trying to redefine how people speak i mean for crying out loud scrabble had said this was a story that came out a couple years ago scrabble was like trying to ban certain words from gameplay Trying to reject certain calendar days. The hostility towards faith. 
And there's a lot of stuff here. And when you consider, I mean, they lost the moral high ground. They, they, it, the, they had to be stopped by Napoleon Bonaparte and they became a monarchy again. In the United States, George Washington, going right into his second term, saw what was happening and knew that they were losing their moral high ground. And he did not want America's birthright as a free republic to be ruined by having that. This was very similar to when John Adams, uh, the Boston uh, massacre, Boston Square, the, the, when John Adams came out and actually defended some of the British troops because of you know they had been the mob was was upon them and they the argument was that one of them was trying to defend themselves and crispus attucks was the first person to die in the war of independence and he was a black american and john adams was saying you know if we we can't be a free republic if we are refusing to uphold due process and we're refusing to uphold i mean that was a battle for due process that was the moment that america was called out are you real or are you fake are you doing this you know, just to, are you going to be just like all of these, the result of all of these other revolutions? Or are you going to be real? And John Adams made that very fledgling, trying to become a republic, republic, walk the line and, and actually meet the standard that it wanted to impose. And that was this way as well. Washington saw what was happening in France and did not want the United States involved in that. Because he realized very, very quickly the zeal was getting out of control and the moral high ground was slipping. And we can tell this by the letters that he had written a number of associates in France at the time. And exactly that, it happened. You had, you had people, who, women and children, who were attacked in the streets and killed. I mean, it's just insane. Some of the, uh, the Robespierre reign of terror, 27,000 lives. I mean, they drowned people thousands at a time. It just is crazy. So this went well beyond, well beyond everything that we were doing in the United States. And like I said, there was even the story where, and this was on the Boston Tea Party site, by the way, where they even cleaned and scrubbed the decks of the ships that they had boarded. They wanted to hold a line and make it very, very clear that this was different the story in the Boston Tea Party, it said the Boston Tea Party damage. And they said that after the destruction of the tea, the participants swept the decks of the ships clean. And anything that, was, anything that had been moved was put back in its proper place. The British crews of the ships attested to this fact that there had been no damage to any of the ships or life except for the destruction of the cargoes of tea. That is the difference. And when you hear the left try to sit here and say, well, all this stuff that we're doing, BLM and everything else, you know, that's what the founding fathers did. That's the language of the revolutionaries that stormed the Bastille and went beyond that. That is not the language of the American revolutionaries who said, no, we are going to be very strict and narrow in how we do this. Because we are not going to indict ourselves, this young republic, and betray our stated goals by barbaric action. And that is what makes the United States different on this anniversary of storming the Bastille. Listen to The Dana Show live on the Odyssey app, weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Sign up for the newsletter, chapter and verse over at Substack. 
And it's Friday Eve Eve. I can't believe it's Thursday already. Did you do, Kane said he ordered an air fryer on Amazon Prime for Prime Day. Is I sure did? did. I sure did. I did not get that mini chainsaw. No? Kind of regret it. But well, I'm also like, you know, concealed carry chainsaw? Like, I don't know. It's battery I'm, operated. It like, works for 10 minutes. Before yeah, all the reviews were like bad. And we had some listeners who were like, yeah, we've got, we fell for that. We did. See, you guys know me. That would be a cool accessory. They were like, the battery lasted for like five minutes. It'd be a cool accessory in the end of an AR. I mean, I could tap it on, to tape it on. That would be like my bayonet, my right. chainsaw accessory, chainsaw bayonet. I'm just saying, which, you know, actually, if I ever opened a gun store, I would call it chainsaw bayonet. Oh, man, Wouldn't it be amazing? Be Are you going to CB's? No, I don't know, man. I bet I heard they had a great sale. So uh, I'm going to head on up. I'm just saying. I did. Yeah, I, uh, I, the handheld back thing gets me. But you got the air fryer. Did you score anything big? Did you do any Amazon priming for Prime Day? I don't know what it is, but like sales stuff, I'm like that person. I don't know why. Steve, did you? Uh, do you have to be a Prime member to do that? Or you just know? No, but they try to get you. That's how they I build couldn't, their membership. I couldn't figure it out. I sat there trying to buy something for like a pair of sunglasses, and it was like, please subscribe to be a Prime. Maybe I didn't do it right. Oh, I don't know. yeah. If you're a Prime member, you get like major discounts. That's what it is. My mom is. I should have used I locked in my price forever ago. And I got to say, it's been nice because there's certain things that I can't get that I can get there. But then also there's a lot of fake stuff and a lot of like bad old product on. You got to be careful with some of the stuff that you get because you got to check the dates on it. Like if it's like I, I and I like how you can go to a Kohl's. I never walked into a Kohl's before until I had to take stuff back from Amazon. And they gave me a coupon. They gave me a 20 percent off coupon. I was like, what? I got to hide this from my stepdad when my parents come visit because they'll steal it. He's, mis- he's the coupon king. All right, so uh, today's stupidity, Kane, what do we got? Our Vice President Kamala Harris, she says she's calling on people to build coalitions. She says she knows how to do that because they got the meanest, baddest phone trees in the world and then laughs about it. Listen. And to make this happen, let us do what we do best. No. We build coalitions. We know how to do that. We got the meanest, baddest phone trees in the world. <laughs> oh my god yeah I her don't. cackle no i don't know is, about that. Uh, it's like nails on a chalkboard mm-hmm. yeah that's it is i like the one where you got to get to where you're going so you can go to where you're getting at yeah what isn't that what she had said yeah something actually what Deep you said was probably with kamala better. harris she's like a living walking unironic jack handy character folks that does it for us for this thursday i will be back behind the mic with you tomorrow have a great evening